61 degrees in Bedford, 65 in Lynchburg, 60 in Roanoke and Salem, 63 in Danville, 64 in Appomattox. 706 on the morning jam. We're so uh, happy to have Nick Liberto in the studio again from Proven Ministries. Good morning. Hey, great to be with you guys again. Good to be with you. Now, I, I was talking about this over the over the break. You had texted me not long ago about an event coming up, and I just my day got away from me, and then a mutual friend, Chad Giles, texted me asking me about the same event. I go, oh, gosh, I never responded to Nick. So uh, I responded to you, said I can't go, but would love to interview you. Tell us what's going on on October 1st for Proven. Yeah, so we really wanted to do a fundraiser that was a little bit different than the traditional golf or banquet fundraiser. Mm -hmm. And so what we came up with was a skeet shooting competition fundraiser. The website is vaskeetshoot.com, and we figured, you know, we live in Virginia, we like our guns here, and so why not give everybody a shotgun and a cigar and put them in a farm field. And a sporting chance. And a sporting (laughs) chance. And so if you're listening and you're interested and you want to come shoot guns for a good cause, that's what we were excited to create is this new, exciting kind of fundraiser. All right. Well, cool. So uh, last time we had you in here, and we'll go back to this skeet shoot. The last time we had you in, we talked about a, uh, a, a recent thing that you guys were doing called the Sex Talk, and that was all about educating parents on how to have that talk with mom and dad and or within your church. Yeah, so that is still going quite well. It's mm-hmm. called thesextalk.com. Mm-hmm. And I would just encourage if you're a parent and you're listening right now that, you know, you can go check out that website. And uh, really what we're excited about is we're seeing churches all over the country uh, really just sign up and say, hey, we want to give this to our parents. Hey, we want to roll this out. And and one cool model that we're doing right now. So if you're a parent and you go to a church and you're listening, like we're doing free parent webinars Mm -hmm. for the church. And so really what it is, is we're just trying to encourage mom and dad uh, to lean in to the talk with their kids, right? When I was a a child, I had maybe one talk, the birds and the bees for about 30 minutes driving in the car. And, (laughs) And what we're really trying to get parents to do is start early and often. So like around the age of six or seven, and then you're, you're really doing age appropriate appropriate conversations over the better part of 10 years, because our culture is very sexually saturated and it's a way to protect your kids by equipping your kids. Mm -hmm. And and now and we we don't necessarily want to go into this, but Janet and I talk a lot about how they are pushing the age back, 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 and they're talking about gender issues in pre pre K. So we better get ahead of the curve and well, start. Well, there talking. are even books out now in schools that that are talking about how you need to introduce the mechanics of sex to an infant, like nursing a baby during the the act i mean it it is wildly inappropriate Mm -hmm. and there are there are books out there instructing parents that they're distributing through some schools Mm -hmm. saying that that's the appropriate way to go and that's the problem so really the only offense that a parent needs to do now is there are so many places their kids are going to be exposed to all these different pieces of content that we can't even name them all right now. Mm-hmm. So mom and dad have to lean in early and say, hey, like this is the truth. Mm-hmm. This is what is real. And if you don't give your kids that, it's they don't have a defense. And they're right. just going to hear all these things from culture and just think that's how it is. And the problem that we, that we see, 
uh, and it, it's something that we've always seen. It's been around as long as, as time is um, if you don't have that relationship with Christ, um, if you don't have that confidence that only the Holy Spirit can give you to listen to your gut and your God, um, then you you end up in these situations where you're like, well, you know, they, they've they've been to school a lot longer than I have, and and they really know more about this than I do. So, you know, you know, who am I to say this isn't appropriate when you know they've gone to school for 15 years on how to? They don't have children, but they've gone to school on and they, and they know better. And 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 women in particular have always had to, to deal with that uh, when it comes to going to a doctor mm-hmm. or you know telling you what's the i remember when they told me to have a dnc for bailey mm-hmm. um they, they were like it's not a viable pregnancy we've scheduled you you need to go in and have this procedure done had i not had a relationship with christ and had not i not and even even with that in my brain i'm thinking he's a doctor i'm not a doctor he's gonna think i'm stupid for saying this he's gonna think you know but I was still able to have the courage to do that because of that. We've got to surround ourselves with people that mm-hmm. really help us be strong in those areas. And Bailey is how old now? Bailey is 25 now. Wow. And go. she's gorgeous yeah. and viable. Yes. Yep, and very much so. <laughs> very viable. I wouldn't want to take her on. Uh, no, she's no, she's a, a strong girl. She's a trainer. <laughs> yeah, she's a, yeah, she's a fitness and nutritional trainer. But but that's but the thing is, it, you do question being a parent is intimidating. Mm-hmm. They don't give you a manual. You know, you leave with this little person. You don't, I mean, you can't even drive a car without taking a test. Um, it's intimidating. So I, you've got to be surrounded. Yeah, I literally just left the hospital seven weeks ago with my right. little one. And so I totally understand. <laughs> there, there is no manual. And that's kind of when we built the sextalk.com, what we wanted to do. So it's just a seven-hour video course that's the manual for mom and dad. Mm-hmm. From a biblical perspective. From a biblical perspective, right. absolutely. And and just mention a couple of the folks that you were able to lasso to come in for this series. Some pretty big, well-known names. Some heavy yeah, hitters. so like Dr. Kurt Thompson is one of our bigger names. Actually, ironically, Dan Allender, Dr. Dan Allender, we're interviewing him today. Okay. And we're going to be... Uh, really going deep on a topic that applies to both uh, girls and boys that parents are really going to like, and we're going to put that in the course. Uh, Brad Huddleston, a mutual friend of ours mm-hmm. on digital addiction, yep. he came in. Yeah, Matt Frad, he did another book that's been really famous, a New York Times bestseller, and things like that. So yeah, we we got a really good group of experts that came together so as a parent you really can feel confident using the course because we really got the best of the best now uh, things like this fundraiser coming up helps support these things and future projects talk about what's in the pipeline that you hope would happen in the next 12 18 months for proven yeah so uh this fundraiser is exactly what you said mark yeah it it helps us keep the lights on it helps us do the work that we do and so the biggest thing in the pipeline that we are excited about is we're launching a scholarship program for Mm -hmm. the sextalk.com for parents that can't afford it yeah and and we're launching it to foundations all over the country saying hey the, the place where you're the most interested would you like to create a scholarship because this piece of education is totally missing in our culture right now and Mm -hmm. we're literally just trying to give it to as many parents as possible sure and it and it is so needed because that as we stated earlier the tide of sexualizing our kids that tide is pushing to younger to younger to younger and and mom and dad and even grandma and grandpa because there's a lot of grandparents raising young people and they're they're even further removed because maybe the Mm -hmm. time that they grew up they don't understand all they know is 
you know, their grandkids run around with this device all the time. And, and that is a portal. It can be a portal for good or for evil. And it's, it's our job as, as adults to make sure, you know, what our kids are, are looking into. And I realize that there's people out there that are so crafty that even when I worked with Proven way back in the day, there were apps at that point, seven, eight years ago, that helped hide the apps that you had on your phone. So mom and dad look at your phone, they couldn't find them because there was an app for that to help hide. So it is, it is a... Um, it is a struggle, but it is a struggle that has to take place, you know, really to give our kids, you know, our young people a chance. Yeah, you can't bury your head in the sand as a parent when it comes to this issue because culture will teach your children about sex and sexuality if you don't. Yeah, yeah, and, and I've said it often when I had the opportunity to give talks. Guys, the things that I was exposed to after I got out of high school in the late 70s your kids are being exposed to far greater, more graphic pornography than I ever saw as a teenager. And, and it's sometimes... In bro- elementary school. In elementary school. And sometimes it's a middle school coming up to an elementary school. Kids say, hey, look at my phone. And they're being introduced to something that their, their brains aren't ready for. And, and then that, that begins that process of, of a destruction, possibly, unless something happens and there's an intervention of some sort. Yeah, it's like you could be the best parent in the world and, you know, you still can't protect your child from every potential thing. You know, we're seeing the school bus and their friends carrying smartphones being the number one place like you just mentioned Mm -hmm. where they're being introduced to this kind of stuff. So really, the sextalk.com is just to give your children a defense against the sexualization of the world today. Yeah. One more time, tell us uh, the date and time and then tell us how people, because last time you were on, somebody wanted to give to Proven, how they might be able to do that. Yes, so vaskeetshoot.com. We will be shooting guns for a good cause on October 1st from 2 to 9 p.m. out on a farm in Appomattox. And if you want to donate to the ministry, you can come to the Skeet Shoot. You can go to provenministries.org. Or you can give us a call. You know, my cell phone number is 301-514-6791. We'd love to further help you get plugged into the ministry. And we're just excited to have anybody who's passionate about our work come on out and shoot guns for a good cause with us on October 1st. We'll put a link on our Facebook page. Janet probably has already done that. She usually does that while I'm running my mouth. Uh, I'll get your phone number here again. That way, if somebody wants to connect with you, Nick Liberto from Proven Ministries, thanks for being with us. Honored, guys. Glad to be here. 717 here on the morning jam we'll be back with some more stories uh janet got some good ones there's never ending uh, supply of things to talk about no doubt about it glad to have her back today we'll be back in just a moment the morning jam with janet rose and mark lamb The Morning Jam with Janet and Mark. Your thoughts on his job? Has he done a good job? Do you think? Hey, uh, you know, I, you know, I, it, it, first of all, it's not my job to give him a report card. Okay. 
All righty. Um, so that is Mark Kelly. Uh, he is he's uh, running for Senate, isn't he, in Arizona? He's a, a Democrat from Arizona running for re-election, which is a very closely watched race, oh, yeah, yeah, for that sure. That one can go either way. Uh, well, and he was just uh, at a loss for words when a reporter said, uh, do you think President Joe Biden is is doing a, a good job as uh, as as president? What, what are you thinking about that? He was like, um, your thoughts on his job? Has he done a good job, do you think? Hey, you know, I, you know, first of all, it's not my job to give him a report card. (laughs) Okay, Um, so he is. It's my job to distance myself as far as as I can. As far as I can. I'm sorry, Joe. Who? What are you talking about? Uh, He's facing off against uh, GOP candidate Blake Masters, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, and and he is Trump backed. Yeah. Um, And everybody's saying it's a toss up, and it's going to be a pretty key toss-up i think yeah i mean if this one could flip this would be huge and it seems to me that with him um you know being on a border state right there mm-hmm. and and then we know that all of a sudden biden says well let's put a few miles up in arizona to help mark kelly out let's put a few miles of that border wall back up right uh, so and, he wants it both ways and we all know that one of the the favorite uh, cards that they like to play with the Democrats is to try to tie someone to Trump. Right. Oh yeah. Absolutely. McAuliffe tried it with yeah, Youngkin. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and we had Tim Kaine on the air. Mm-hmm. And and I said to Tim Kaine, I goes was like, ways. it goes both ways. If you want to tie him to Trump, mm-hmm. then people are going to tie McAuliffe to Biden. Mm-hmm. Now and he we, didn't agree with that. Right. Well, we saw what happened. And, and but that's exactly what happened. Yeah. I think. Now we do have several Democrats seeking re-election this November who are distancing themselves from the president or they're trying to. Right. Uh, one of the most recent attempts came from uh, Nancy Captor of Ohio. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's a representative there. She released a campaign ad clearly breaking ties. Really? Saying Joe Biden is letting Ohio solar manufacturers be undercut by China. Really? But Marcy captures fighting back, the narrator says. She Mm. doesn't work for Joe Biden. She works for you. Of course she does. The ad concluded. What do you think about that? Well. I think that's fascinating. I I think it's bullcrap. Oh, I think think it's it's bullcrap, too. And look, make no mistake about it. The mainstream media is is doing oh their part. Gosh, they're working overtime. They are working overtime by not doing anything at all. Yeah. Uh, they they definitely take the approach of they say it best when they say nothing at all. Uh, nearly every major fact checker, nearly every major fact checker has completely ignored Corinne Jean Pierre since yeah, taking right. over for Saki. Yep, Politifact has done. Two fact checks. That's it. Two. Two. Well, they're they're busy, you know, trying to find more conspiracy folks that said the election was, you know, fraudulent. That's where they're spending their time on. Well, there's a lot of people who feel that way. So I, I don't know. know that they have to look far for that. No, they don't. The good news is PolitiFact has done two more than any of the others have done. <laughs> right. They've done none. They've done none. Right. Um, she has remained largely unquestioned mm-hmm. from the fact-checking crowd since she took right, over right. for Visaki. Mm-hmm. She started on May the 13th. Uh, That's, she's been in September, there a while. Yeah. And she's been checked twice. Wow. not I mean, she's been checked more than that by us. Sure. But as far as really, 
you know, factcheckers.org, mm-hmm. Reuters, mm-hmm. Associated Press, Washington Post, CNN. Right. Nothing. One of the sites or individuals that did respond for comment on the story, Snoops and uh, PolitiFact, stood alone in their sparse fact-checking regarding the new White House press secretary. PolitiFact uh, has uh, fact-checked her twice. Both of those were false ratings. Right. And Snopes fact-checked a claim about a past comment by her. Mm. Uh, Yet, she's made numerous claims in her first four months, including claiming that illegal immigrants aren't just walking across the southern border. Even though we have that beautiful bean footage that they are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. During a press briefing, uh, Fox News, God bless him, Peter Ducey. Yeah. Noted for him. that thousands of migrants are pouring into the country without being vaccinated right. or even providing yep. vaccination status. Mm-hmm. Her reply was, but that's not how it works. Right. His response was, well, that's what's happening. Right. I know that's not what you guys want to happen, but that's what's happening. Right. <laughs> and she replied, but that's not, it's not like somebody walks over. No, that's exactly what's happening, yeah. Ducey said. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not a single fact-checking website made mention about her comments about the migrants entering the U.S. illegally. Not one. Wow. Now, she um, came under fire in July after she claimed the Supreme Court's you know, uh, reversal of Roe v. Wade was, in fact, an unconstitutional act. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think she did get caught. That one was so big, they right. had to call that one. Sure. Uh, only PolitiFact made note of the false statement. Mm-hmm. The that they're the only that was one of their two that they're like crap. Yeah, right. We got to do our job. <laughs> Darn it! A month later, she faced backlash for denying the claims that the U.S. is in a recession or a pre-recession, despite two consecutive quarters of negative growth. Um, at that time, she said, "So if you look at the economic indicators." Uh, as the president was laying out, if you look at the labor market, we're seeing historic unemployment. If you look at, at low unemployment at 3.6, if you look at the average amount of jobs that have been created, those indicators do not show that we're in a recession or even a pre-recession. So they've, they've taught her how to go and pull those those figures to try to justify saying those things. That was one of her better uh, attempts at, at lying, I think. Right. Figures don't lie, but liars figure, liars figure is, yeah. is in that category. Um, but I, I think it's amazing that these people who, I mean, they were just winning gold stars for their <laughs> fact-checking before. Right. Nothing. Crickets. Well, anytime Trump comes up to the mic, they're all, they got their pens ready and they're, you know, they're But you and I both know ready why and... she's not being fact-checked. Well, because they're afraid that, well, she she covers so many bases. She's black. Yes. She's the first, you know, gay right. press secretary. Yep. Of course, she yep. is liberal. Yep. And, you know, those are three. And she's a And she's, and a, she's woman. a woman, four. Yeah. 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 Tick, 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 tick. Checks tick. them all off. Got and, them all. And, and, and quite frankly, uh, Jen Jen made a big deal of her being able to check all four boxes. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, made absolutely. a big deal when, when because she they handed knew, the torch. They knew. That this was what was going was going to happen. Yeah. The problem is, folks, uh, Americans are fact checking her, mm-hmm. and it just makes them look ridiculous. Yeah, it does. And weak, I think. Yeah, I think so. 
Hey, coming up in the uh, next half hour, of course, we've got WDBJ7. That's mm-hmm. on the way. Mm-hmm. We'll take a look at your at your forecast, see what the week's going to look like. Yep. And then we're going to take a look at a what what used to be a lovely uh, tourist town. I used to love to go and visit Asheville. If North you're Carolina. thinking about visiting Asheville, North Carolina, yeah, Biltmore, and God forbid if you're thinking about moving there, you're going to hear this next story. Uh, violent crime is spiking Interesting. There. And uh But they love everybody down there. It's it's a love Well, especially fest. Antifa. Apparently it's a hub. Oh for, for them. Antifa? And in oh, Asheville, brother. North Carolina. Who would have thought that? Yeah, it's a it's an eye opener. We'll have it for you next half hour. Currently 60 degrees in Bedford, 60 in Roanoke and Salem, 65 in Lynchburg, 63 in Danville, 63 in the Appomattox area. Well, the man convicted of the infamous double murder in Bedford County in 1985 is once again in battle over new DNA testing. Jan Soaring was convicted of the brutal Haysom murders of his girlfriend Jen's home, uh, Derek and Nancy Haysom. Their home was located in Boonesboro. He confessed to the killing more than once, but has since insisted that he's in- innocent. Now, DNA testing is back into the conversation. This time, Soaring and his team aren't the ones pushing for it, but rather to podcasters who believe they found an avenue for new tests. Soaring says he isn't taking it. Uh, Charlottesville reporters Rachel Ryan and Courtney Stewart have spent the last three years poring over transcripts, documents, and evidence uh, for their podcast, Small Town Big Crime. They set out to take a fresh look at the case, including exploring some of the theories Soaring and his team have suggested for who really committed the crime. Uh, says we have been at the press conferences where it was announced that there may have been two unidentified men that left DNA at the Haysom crime scene. That revelation came in 2017 after an expert on Soaring's team studied the DNA results done in 2009. Uh, the the uh, uh, podcast detailing the revelations of Soaring is going to be released soon. Uh, they had to match the DNA evidence left at the crime scene. It's not a match, they said. Uh, and Soaring said, what the DNA test says to me is that Shifit did not bleed at the crime scene. You know, uh, that's interesting, but it doesn't say much. So it's going to be interesting to see how this plays yeah. out. Um, it, and it's interesting to me that you would think he would be very cooperative right if he's so confident that that's the the case yeah so this has been an interesting thing for many many years i remember when when it happened my old boss knew those folks and of course ed, a lot of people you know, in this town ed, knew those yeah, folks ed, yeah ed key was Jeff my taylor was their renter really yeah i mean a lot of people wow. knew the the, the hayson family and this was a huge deal yeah i mean this 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 uh, rivals the helter skelter out in California for our little community. But we're seeing this. At, we're seeing this everywhere where mm-hmm. people are trying to come back and say, um, you know, Young Soaring wasn't guilty. Now you've got this whole thing with the brothers. Um, 
what are their names? I don't know. The two brothers that killed their parents. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. my word. Yeah, you're going to have to look that one up. I see their face. Um, As a matter of fact, but, people wanted to court them. I mean, Women wanted to court them in jail. They wanted to marry them. And did yeah. marry them. Crazy. So <laughs> it, it's uh, it's an interesting dynamic yeah. that, that we're seeing right now. Well, uh, while she's looking that up, Lynchburg Art Festival Summer Sunset Festival Series at the uh, Bedford YMCA Superhero Saturday at River Ridge Mall, Sunflower Festival at Beaver Dam Farm. These are all things coming up this weekend, and we're talking about some pretty nice temperatures. If you're looking for something to do this weekend, uh, we can have temperatures in the uh, low 80s. And in the evening, getting down to the 50s, Miss Janet, mm-hmm. uh, really no chance of rain this weekend. Uh, I'm going to put this this uh, particular web link up on our Facebook page. Just go to Facebook, uh, type in the Morning Jam on VTRN, and you'll get right to our Facebook page and see this link. In the studio right now, did you find out the Menendez brothers or yes, something like that? Yes, it's the Menendez okay. brothers. That just came to my brain for yeah, some it silly is. reason. It was the Menendez. Okay. 738 in the studio, Pam Bailey from the Economic development she's the she's from bedford but she is the economic development director i'll get it out here in just a second pam how you doing today doing pretty well how are you good we're doing well thanks for being here you have an event coming up uh let's talk about it yeah so well all of a sudden i just lost my voice sorry that's okay. it's a little early uh so thursday morning we are having a business roundtable and it's going to be creative approaches to hiring and recruitment we're going to have Tim Saunders from Virginia Career Works, mm-hmm. as well as J.D. Fetter, and he is with the Department of Corrections. And we were, we were this kind of came about through our um, Bedford Area Resource Council, otherwise known as BARC. Mm-hmm. We have meetings the fourth Friday of every month, and they were starting to talk, and he was talking about some of the programs he offers. I'm like, wait, you do what? Yeah. So I said, well, let's do a roundtable about it and yeah. have some businesses come in and listen and because people really need employees right now. Oh, they absolutely. Do. You see the signs everywhere. Uh, they're help wanted here and there. Yes. And not just not just warm bodies. They need, you know, employees that are really motivated and, mm-hmm. and are they're going to be able to retain. It's a tricky situation right now. That's right. We've had the, the mass exodus of the, mm-hmm. the silver tsunami. Mm-hmm. Right. But we have more jobs available now than we did in 2020. Wow. So there's been, I think, consistency, consistently 11 million jobs yeah. are available in it right now. Yeah. And we don't have as many, you know, the baby boomers are retiring. And right. they yeah. don't, you know, in 2020, they were like, I'm out. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> so they're, they're, they're tapping into Social Security while it's still viable. Yeah. My retirement's <laughs> calling me and I must go. And, you know, <laughs> it almost seems to me that that the politicians, of course, they, I don't know. We talk about politicians a lot around here, but it seems to me that they would say, okay, we need to get some of the baby boomers back into the workforce for this transition of the of the next generation coming in and maybe tweak the Social Security a little bit. In other words, if you're on Social Security, we're going to lift that number to 25,000 instead of 19.5 to get you back in the workforce until we can kind of fill the gap and maybe get some of these baby boomers to mentor some of these younger people. I don't know. It's just a thought. I'll let you talk to Steve and Kathy about that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I hear you. And, and I do think that there are some baby movers have, who have come back because mm-hmm. they're like, well, kind of want to go back to work a little bit. So yeah. maybe they're not working full time. But I do think there is some of that handoff that is going on. And mm-hmm. and some people are coming back. I'm just not sure that it's that we just don't have the people because 
baby boomers are named that for a reason, right? Mm-hmm, right. We right. just don't have We're as many 20 now. to 35 right. year olds. Hey, I'm not a baby boomer. Well, I, I am. was going to say, am, you are. I am a baby boomer. <laughs> I was say, you're a Gen Xer. Yes. Yeah, that's yes. like me. That's yeah. what I am. Yeah. What do you What do you find is the, the greatest need right now in, in Bedford and Bedford County and surrounding areas as far as industry or whatever? We really are seeing just the gambit of everything. Yeah. Everything from... Uh, restaurant workers. I mean, mm-hmm. we have restaurants that aren't open on certain days of the week or right. past right. five o'clock they can't be. because they can't be. Yeah, um, we have a need for skilled workers in advanced manufacturing, and that's it's not like your what you might envision manufacturing to be. These are very clean environments, mm-hmm. um, mostly quiet environments. Right? Um, they're not dirty like you know you might think they are, but. Mm-hmm. We just have a lot of need for everything from basic entry level to really high-tech, high-paying engineering jobs, mm-hmm. really the gamut. With with the problem that we're even experiencing in education because mm-hmm. of the shortage of teachers and so on, uh, where, where do you see you know your involvement talking to the the high schools and the middle schools? What, what does that look like for you? Well, so one of the best things I have done since I took this job <laughs> was hire Holly Sheffel. She is our business programs coordinator. She's a 20-year, she also left the school system mm-hmm. for a variety of reasons, but she's a 20-year veteran in the school system. And one of her primary responsibilities is connecting students and kind of reinvigorating our internship program that Mm -hmm. sort of died down but part of it is you know we haven't been in the office for two years two and a half years Mm -hmm. students weren't in school for two and a half years so we're trying we're starting to see this sort of influx of oh yeah let's get out and about recreate restart some of these Mm -hmm. programs that we've done so we have a Bedford One program that's been around for years. It's been actually an award-winning program. So she's heading that up. So we do industry tours with these students. We take students from area high schools, for Bedford County High School specifically, mm-hmm. to different industries around so they can see what's going on. We actually have a tour at Sam Moore Furniture next week. So oh, these, cool. Yeah. Um, we'll have one coming up with Bedford uh, Water Resources. We'll have one with... Um, I think the sheriff's office. So we've got a variety of, so you can see the variety of industries that we have. We've done a multitude of them over the years, but that's one way to connect. Mm -hmm. We also work with our Susie G. Gibson High School to, you know, work with them on even trying to fill some of the positions they've got open. They need an electrician. They had to lose their electrician program because they lost their teacher. So if any, if if any, speaking of retirees, yeah, yeah, that's, that's where you (laughs) want to pull them back in. Yeah. So if any retirees out there, are a retired electrician who wants to give back and work, you know, a few hours a day every day and mm-hmm. make an impact in trying to train some of these students up, that would be awesome. Yeah, well, that's that's my heartbeat because I was in construction for so many years yeah. and I and I've talked about it here on the show that when when I was looking around when I was getting ready to close my business, there was a lot of older gentlemen because primarily it's men that that work in this industry, although women have, have come along and, mm-hmm. and become electricians and cabinet makers and so on. As a matter of fact, the, the best foreman I ever worked for in my, because I was a cabinet maker, uh, was a woman. And I mean, she ran a tight ship and we cranked out some product and she was one of the most organized foremans that I, that I ever worked for. But I, I think that uh, these industries, the, the trades specifically, they're, they're paying pretty well. 
They pay very well. You know, yeah. You're always going to need I a plumber. I left too early. <laughs> yeah. You're always going to need a plumber. Yeah. You're always going to need yeah. an electrician. HVAC. Yes. Everything. We've got great programs around. A lot of companies do that themselves. Um, Southern Air has their own program. Right. Um, but we have HVAC programs. CVCC's got a great program. Mm-hmm. Um, Bedford County has, you know, the Susie G. Gibson High School. Um, there's just a number of there's no excuse right. really sure and there's a lot of things in place and with uh with uh college expenses mm-hmm. going up they're you know they're not getting any cheaper and right. you can have a job before you graduate yes with a you know it's not a degree in psychology but it's a you know you are going to come out you don't need a master's degree mm-hmm. to right. to further your uh your paycheck really. sure if you wanted to join forces with your organization uh, in bedford county what would they what would they do yeah ha- reach out to me so they can call the office mm-hmm. or they can email me at p bailey at bedfordcountyva.gov mm-hmm. and we'd love to have a, if the company is interested in having one of these bedford one tours we can set that up we can um if you have in one of the tricks with the internships mm-hmm. is a lot of businesses require them to be 18 okay so if you if you don't require an 18 year old that's that's great because we can we can better connect you because virginia career works works does this very well right so we also coordinate with them but we're just trying to get the word out sure that we've got students that want to have an internship tell us one more time your your event coming up on thursday yes it's called it's well it's a business roundtable creative approaches to hiring and recruitment it's mm-hmm. at eight thirty a.m on thursday at the bedford welcome center and we do need you to register so we know how many people to expect okay i've got a limited seating and so i can take about 10 more people okay <laughs> pam bailey economic development director for bedford County. thank you so much for for being part of the show today and and keeping us informed on what you all are doing Great. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. You're welcome. It is 747 here on the Morning Jam. Janet and I will be back in just a few minutes with... Talking about Asheville. Asheville, North Carolina is in the queue. The Morning Jam with Janet Rose and Mark Lamb. There's a man with a gun over there Telling me I got to beware I think it's time we stop Children, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down Well, that song's taking on a whole different meeting nowadays, mm-hmm. isn't it? Asheville, North Carolina. It uh, used to be a place where people would just go to relax and get away mm-hmm. and uh, kind of have a little bougie weekend. Yeah, you because know? It's, it's, you know, Biltmore and artsy-fartsy stuff. Oh, yeah. And- it's beautiful highfalutin beautiful there Mm -hmm. Uh, they have seen a 31 percent surge in violent crime in the past five years wow multiple law enforcement sources spoke with fox news digital Mm -hmm. and they they talked about the deteriorating condition of the north carolina tourist town right on the city's liberal political leadership Mm. And on the left-wing activists who undermine the police there. Right. Now, this uh-huh. is a prime example. Same things going on in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see a lot of these, uh, especially tourist cities, and they create these wonderful environments. And then you have people move in from other parts of the country right. who then come in and change the whole fabric right. of, of that. They come in and ruin it. Right. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, and in, in, in not in every case, but certainly in this case. Uh, they say what you're seeing in Asheville right now is the culmination of the last few years of pulling police back, not letting them do their jobs like they're supposed to be doing. That was a former county sheriff talking in a phone interview. Uh, Asheville has about 90,000 people mm-hmm. there. Not huge. Right. But fairly good yeah, size. Decent size, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, they're right there in the Blue Ridge Mountains. Uh, they have seen a 31% crime increase per 100,000 people from 2016 to 2020. Mm-hmm. Asheville's growth in violent crime has nearly doubled that of the national average and ranks among the highest in North Carolina. Okay. So far in 2022, they've had 11 homicides, setting it on pace to surpass the homicide rate of 21 and 20. Rates of homelessness has increased 21%. There's also evidence of increased Mexican drug cartel activity. Really? Surprise, surprise. Wow. Both the Asheville Police Department and the County Sheriff's Department have been hemorrhaging officers, many retiring early, others simply quitting. Right. Uh, APD made international headlines in June of last year when they announced they would no longer respond in person to 911 calls about theft, fraud, or trespassing. Wait, wait. They're not going to respond to theft? Right. Fraud? Correct. What was the third one? Trespassing. So, so somebody that, could be up in your house. Does that mean just you got to take care of it yourself? Yeah. Then they'll show up. Yeah. To take your gun. They lost a third of their force. They said they, they didn't have the people. Wow. Holy cow. So what does that do when you can't do that? It's that like emboldens San Francisco. It emboldens the oh the, the criminal criminal. No doubt. Oh, well, I can steal and you're not you nine one one's not going to come. Yeah. I can commit fraud and nine one one's not going to come. I can trespass. Oh, okay. Long wow. time. Uh, 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 one of the people they interviewed was a uh, longtime Democrat, one of the deputies that they interviewed for this uh, okay. article. Right. Uh, retired as sheriff, became politically unaffiliated <laughs> in 2018. Okay. I think we're all starting to feel that way, yes. citing an anti law enforcement sentiment in the Democratic Party because that was the cool thing to do. Right. But now now they'll tell you that the defund the police was actually the Republicans doing that. Right. Oh, Didn't yeah. You know yeah, that? They, they switched the tables. Sure. Yeah. He mm-hmm. said that police who do wrong must be held accountable, but said officers locally and around the country have become hesitant to do their jobs because they can be right, but it can be the wrong set of facts and they still wind up in trouble. Right. He also said when he was serving as the county sheriff, left-wing activists from outside the community would sweep in mm-hmm. and disrupt community meetings. Wow. They would uh, get in there, try to get into it with the police. They would try to shout down things. And the first people who quit coming to the meetings were the people in the community who didn't even get to speak. Right. Because, yeah, this but is that's the... what they done. And you know who we're talking about? We're talking about disruption. Antifa. Disruption. Antifa. Yep. Did that in a lot of these cities. Yep. Disruption. Uh, he said it is a tool mm. of the left for law enforcement not to be able to do things effectively mm-hmm. that makes the community safer. Right. Because the, the anarchy, the yeah. the chaos is, is useful to them. Mm. Mm-hmm. The officer laid particular blame on, here we go, District Attorney Todd Williams... A Democrat whose office did not respond to requests for comment. Shocking. Right. 
uh, they won't charge criminals at all or they reduce felony charges to misdemeanors. There are rumblings that that's happening in Lynchburg. Right. Oh. Yeah. Ah. Yep. No. Yep. No. They're, uh, that, that's the, that's the word on the street, my friend. It says crime will continue to rise when there's no accountability. Yes, yeah. it will. Yeah. Same thing happens if with kids. If you don't expect great things out of your children, right. they will not cease to, dis- to, oh, to disappoint. To disappoint. Well, and they we have, will rise to that low bar. We have a citywide election coming up, and you could make a difference in, in Lynchburg if that's where you live. They're saying that um, Asheville, North Carolina, has become a hub of Antifa. Wow. You need yeah, to... That's... Yep. Mm-hmm. That's where we are. It's very interesting. Yeah. Um, so if you're if you think... Asheville is the that nice laid back place it used to be. It was once rated among the top ten US travel destinations. Oh wow. Yep. Interesting. So it's not that way anymore. Eight six six nine one six three seven seven six. Got about a minute and a half. Good morning. Hey guys. Hey, I spent my anniversary there last uh summer downtown in a fancy hotel, so overlooking the city but it is a lot of white liberals down there like yeah. hippies and white liberals is all that Asheville is of course I, I wanted to go to New Belgium uh, brewery to uh, which is kind of hippie too but um, I was just going to say uh, I heard that thing during a break where they were talking about all these Trump people getting woken up at 6 o'clock in the morning with FBI's yeah we played that earlier uh, yeah what uh, I did I miss uh, Hunter Biden getting up at 6 o'clock with the FBI? Oh, door? yeah, you Did missed miss, it. This, you missed this, it because it didn't happen. Did I miss it? <laughs> it didn't oh, happen. Okay, we all missed good. it. So, it's, e- it's easy to miss if it never happened. Right. <laughs> so you're so we're saying that the FBI is biased? Is that what we're well, saying? They're not fair to other people? What I'm saying is what they did down at Mar-a-Lago and this, <laughs> this woman, that's Gestapo-like. I'm sorry. And, you know, the FBI might come after me for saying that, but I swear it sure appears that way. Well, I got a feeling they're going to come after people like me that come on and talk radio and stuff before long. Well, how do you feel about Um, us? (laughs) If they're coming after you, they're going to get us first. But they're going to be knocking on our doors. You know know what you said on talk radio? (laughs) And uh, so... You know, eventually they're going to do this. Um, I'd hate to unleash the hounds on them. (laughs) Might have to. Well, I mean, it's just... It's just what is wrong? What has happened to the FBI where they're just completely uh, well, left wing and not? Or like, why ain't they in Asheville? Yeah. Why aren't you in Asheville looking at all the crimes down there? Well, hey, thanks for the call. We're up against the break. Antifa's Alan. got it covered. Antifa's got it covered. You know, the rank and file, I'm, I'm told, are, are the good guys and gals in the FBI. It's the leadership and, and our current attorney general, Merrick Garland. I. I I'll tell you, it's it's getting very testy out there. Mm-hmm.